0: Hello and welcome to the Five Lights Podcast with me your host Stan Herrick as we take a look back at the Bahrain Grand Prix and wow what a race it was Race 3 of the season is in the books and we have a right championship on our hands A fantastic race under the lights in Bahrain has provided some fantastic entertainment and me and Mark have got a lot to talk about We've also got a few little bits of news to catch up on over the past week So without any further ado, let's get going Yes, as always. I'm not doing this on my own. I'm going to get straight in and introduce my brother Mark because we've got quite a bit to get to after a fantastic race, haven't we, buddy? Buddy, even
1: more. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Same to you too. Yeah. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. Uh, yes, fantastic race to speak about. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed that. It's just what the sport needs. That definitely.
0: Yeah, and it's it's really brought the championship to life as well. There's a lot of inter-team battles going on we need to speak about, there's obviously the whole overall championship we need to speak about, and there's cars all through the grid and drivers all through the grid that we need to speak about as well. It's not just happening at the front, it's happening all through the grid, isn't it?
1: Yes, so like I say, right the, right the way through you've got uh, battles all over, which is good, it's, even though Normally, you'd say, oh, well, there's nothing going on at the front. There's plenty going on at the back. But no, we've got everything from front to back. Head to toe is fully F1 driven and everyone is pumped up this season. Like I say, teams are battling with with themselves, are battling with each other. That's what the sport's about. That's what we're wanting to see. And thankfully, we've got it so far. Three races in and it's been delivered. But hopefully, that won't be lost when cars start developing throughout the year. Yes. Well, we did have the
0: test this week, so we'll touch a little bit on that and, and who was the uh, who, who came out well from the test. But we've got a few bits of news to touch on. And firstly, Force India chief Vijay Malia has been arrested. He's now been bailed in the UK, but he was in trouble last year as well. A few dodgy dealings, and he owes banks £600 million, which is a lot of money in, in any currency. Uh, and he denies any wrongdoing, of course. Uh, but the, he appeared in court. On Tuesday, and the case, I'm just reading this off the website. The case is scheduled for the 17th of May, so 10 days after my birthday, everybody, if you want to make a note of that. Um, so, yeah, VJ Malia in trouble again. What do you think this effect this is going to have on Force India?
1: I'm not sure. I mean, he, he sort of bounces around from being in trouble, or not being in trouble quite a lot, old VJ. I think that's part of who he is. I don't, you know, I try not to get too involved in what he does. I don't read into it too much because a lot of what you read is falsified or it's exaggerated etc you never really know the true the true person um, but yes it's going to have an effect whether it has an effect on the financial status of forcing mean they've come out really really well uh so far this year they've done a great job over the winter the car color is a bit a bit uh, debatable difference difference performing. both drivers are doing really well ocon's doing fantastic for them so i'm hoping it's not going to have too much bearing but obviously he will do he, you know he owns a team he's a big part of the team and uh, if, if the, the bill he's got to pay is what's going to come out of the Force India finances then yes it will have a, a, a massive effect
0: yeah hopefully I mean if he's got to pay the bill he'll sell Force India because Force India is still quite a profitable team they're doing well it's not excuse me it's not like um, with all due respect it's not like Manor who were at the back of the grid and were struggling Force India have got two very good drivers they're at the sharp end of the grid. They're getting faster, and they've been, you know, up the front before. So I think they're a bit more profitable and a bit more easy to sell off. Um, I don't think you'll get six hundred million for them of course. Uh, that's a horrific amount of money. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's hopefully it doesn't affect them. But I mean, obviously he's lost his airline. Um, he lost a couple of other businesses that he ran before. I mean, he's not the first crook to be in Formula One. Let's be honest. Um, and he probably won't be the last, but hopefully, this just does not have a knock on effect for, for Force India because we want to see them remain in the sport. Another bit of news, um, a bit of um, sort of sad news, really. Formula 4 driver, I know it's not Formula 1 related, but it's future Formula 1 potentially. Uh, a young driver named, um, was it Monger? He's 17 years old, Billy Monga. Um, had a horrific accident at Donington at the weekend, running into the back of a stationary car, and he's had to have both legs amputated. And our thoughts go out to him and his family at this at this time. Um, hopefully, he he draws on the inspiration of someone like Alex Zanardi, who also suffered a horrific accident uh, and lost both his legs. And look how well he's doing now. Um, it's from what I've read, it like you, like you said earlier before we started uh, broadcasting, Mark, that he is a a fighter, and hopefully he can come out of this on the other side, and and still have a future in motor racing.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> yes, I've read the story this evening and um, seen the video. Like I say, it's a horrific crash. He's just you know coming up a hill. He's in a, in a, in a bit of traffic, and there's just a car that's stationary on the side of the road. Similar to what happened in GP two last year, I think it was in Hungary. It's just you know going so fast to to try and dodge a stationary car when you've got the cars blinding you. It's difficult, and you know the cars aren't built to the same spec as an F1 car. So unfortunately, it has come to him losing. I think it's just both say just, but it's his lower legs. I think both lower legs have gone. way, yeah. uh, they're, they're pretty much buried in the back of the car in front of the hit. But yes, from what I've read, he's a bit of a fighter. He's one of a kind. Um, he was doing really, really well, or is doing really well as a 17-year-old in the sport. So, and he's got a. I think some fans and some members of the sport have also started a crowd or just giving page for him to try and raise some money to pay for his trip and hopefully get him back into the sport. Um, like you say, because it, although it's it's terrible to it is, no, I can't imagine losing losing your lower legs, in it, especially when you you use them to do the what you love, um, let alone just getting about. Um, so hopefully, you know, you can take on like you say the inspiration of Zanardi's. And, and alike that have gone into sport still uh, with that disability and been very successful. So yeah, like I say, thoughts go out to him and his family, and hopefully um, he can pull through this, and the fire in him will come back the other side, and we will still see him racing single seaters and doing what he loves.
0: Absolutely, uh, and the and the just giving page you speak of that was set up by uh, JHR Developments, who are the team behind the car that he was driving. It's currently at fifty thousand pounds or just above, I believe. Uh, they're looking to get two hundred and sixty thousand pounds. So if you if you want to give, um, take it. Just head over to Just Giving and search for JHR Developments and and give to help the help the poor lad through what he's obviously going through. But we wish him the best and hopefully we will see him in the future in some sort of uh, motorsport. We'd never like to see people injured. And obviously it's it's very fresh for Formula One fans after what happened uh, a few years ago to uh, to Jules Bianchi. So. You know, our thoughts are with him and his family, and let's hope he gets better uh, and is on the road to recovery now. Uh, moving on to a, our final bit of news, really. Actually, no, it's not a final bit of news. It's our penultimate bit of news because we are going to touch on the test, as we said. I just want to touch on this Renault concept car that uh, is the look of the future for 2027. Um, looks pretty swish, I must say. Very futuristic. We've seen a lot of these concept cars in the past as well a lot of futuristic designs this one obviously has a cockpit on it i think it's looking like in the future we're not going to have the uh the open cockpit are we we, we are at some point going to have to cover the cockpit up which i think is a bit of a shame uh
1: yes uh it's it, it's, it goes i mean you talk to people now about having it in, in the next couple of years and they don't like it um because it just it's not what the sports about um it is dangerous it says on the ticket it's dangerous that's why we love it that's why people do it you know what you're doing when you get into the car you know what risk you're taking <clears throat> um obviously you try and minimize the risk but things like that I don't think are going to help in any way I mean it wouldn't have helped Bianchi. um and I don't I don't see the need for the for the, the halo device or the, the cockpit I mean, you might as well just put them in a touring car type thing or a sports car but <clears throat> it just say to me that <laughs> Renault are looking to be in the sport in the next ten years, and uh, if that's what they're going to look to design, then uh, let's hope that is because it looks it looks beautiful. It's fantastic, and if I'm still making F1 cars in ten years' time, I want to be making one of
0: them. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It's a it's a beautiful design car. Um... I mean, it's, what it's, whether it's carbon fibre, I don't know what it's made of, but it looks absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it looks, it looks
1: carbon fibre. It looks it's very, very sleek. Very, the wheels on it just look amazing. Yeah, and in that colour scheme as well. Very it's much so. It's a very nice looking car. I'd like to see 22 of them, 24 of them racing around uh, Silverstone. See, so, yeah, that's certainly something to look forward to. I mean, 2027,
0: they put a date on that, so quite a way off, uh, ten years time. But uh, who knows? Who knows what we will see in 10 years' time. Another bit of exciting news is the return of Jensen Button, who is going to replace Fernando Alonso for the Monaco Grand Prix. That's uh, good to have him back on the grid, isn't it?
1: Yes, uh, I don't think it took him much persuasion either. Um, so I think McLaren must have had that, obviously, before they asked Alonso to do it. They must have had that going in the background. Because I can't, I can't see anyone else doing it, um, especially just for the one race. If you're trying to bring someone in... Um, like Manor did last year with Ocon, you could say, yeah, all right, we'll bring a new boy in, but just for the one-off race, especially somewhere like Monaco, it yeah. had to be Button and Button only. He's still under contract with them, although he can do what he wants. Uh, but yeah, that'd be quite interesting to see him in the 2017 car, see if that sparks his uh, excitement again, see if he wants to come back after that. Absolutely. Well, he's just on his doorstep, isn't he?
0: has got to walk out his door and he's there. So yeah. He's got to go anywhere. So a uh, convenient one. A uh, very short commute to work for Jensen Button this year. Um, and then as I say with the final bit of news is really the test uh, we went a test in Bahrain this week we saw some fancy bits of kit going on the cars we saw the cheese graters we saw it all go on there but the uh, the main thing I want to touch on is McLaren did quite well out of this test um, Stoffel van Dorn doing what was it 81 laps so maybe some positives from what has been an absolutely atrocious start to the 2017 season
1: yeah 81 laps completed today um, I think even McLaren was surprised how reliable the Honda was for the for the test uh so it's it's looking good whether that was continue on through till uh to the next few races i don't know hopefully it does because they've got two drivers that have got nowhere so far i mean china not china bahrain wasn't the best of races for stoffel particularly but uh yeah other than that you had mercedes uh whacking up the numbers at 143 laps fell um battle went up to 64 so it was, you know you had a few other drivers in there Renault had Sirotkin in uh, Paffett was in for Mercedes uh, so yeah it's just a just normal testing really it's just trying out new bits and bobs uh, trying to progress the cars and get the engine modes honed in really for the future races but nothing too surprising really a few little offs and that from some people I think Ferrari had a bit of a hydraulic leak at some point and a power cut in their garage today but nothing nothing out of the ordinary, nothing special. Nothing too exciting? No. So let's talk about something that was exciting, and
0: that was the Bahrain Grand Prix. What a race that was. Fantastic weekend all round. Um, we'll, we'll touch briefly on, on a little bit of the practice and the qualifying stuff. So nothing too dramatic happening over the, the first couple of days. Qualifying was sort of so-so. Um, nothing too major coming out of qualifying, apart from the fact that Valtteri Bottas bags his first ever pole position.
1: Yes, uh, only by a whisker, but he he managed it, I think he had a bit of a bad uh, last corner, but he still managed to pull away enough to um, outdo Hamilton Mm. uh, and Vettel. But again, another another good battle for qualifying, not a given by any means. Uh, Ferrari a little bit off the pace on the one-lapper around Bahrain. But... um, no, very good for Bottas. That, that must have boosted his confidence against his teammate. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, again, nothing out of the ordinary for Ricciardo as well. Verstappen, uh, I'm trying to think, yeah, he was six, so he was, he was beaten by Ricciardo. Räikkönen, again, a little bit off the pace, although he has come out in the last couple of days and said that he, sh- he has struggled with the new Ferrari and he can't get to speed as quick as Vettel, but he's, he said he's on top of it now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Pascal, particularly, first race in, and he's got the car up to 13th so welcome Pascal and Julian Um,
0: Palmer did alright I mean he got up into the top 10 Uh, it's his first uh, top 10 shootout of the season Uh, Sergio Perez struggled Uh, he seemed to have a a difficult one and Carlos Sainz well I think he had the worst weekend of anybody what an absolutely dour weekend for Carlos Sainz all round whether it was what what seemed like at the time running out of fuel Um, so he couldn't complete his his lap which would have got him out of Q1 Um, just an absolutely dreadful weekend for the Spaniard
1: yeah um considering he has such a good couple of races and that it's such a good car little mistakes like that can cost you uh and it, and it obviously did because he only, he only got as far as q1 beaten by fernando alonso into q2 uh magnuson is at the back there as well i mean i didn't see he qualifying because i was busy but I, I don't know why magnuson was at the back whether that was an issue with his car or just his his lap performance but um yeah, unfortunately for Carlos, because he's a good driver and the car's got a lot of capabilities, just little mistakes like that can, you know, cost him. And they, are, they will be fighting people like Red Bull and Force India down down the line. Mm.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we'll go on to the race because that was absolutely superb. So Bottas starting on pole for the first time. Um, we had good weather, as we always do in Bahrain. A little bit of wind though, very very windy. So that was uh, that was playing into it somewhat. And then we started the race and that first lap was utterly frenetic. Cars diving all over each other, trying to get past, trying to overtake, left, right, left, right, diving up on up in the inside. Bottas managed to maintain his lead. Lewis had a bit of a dodgy start. Um, the Ferrari's coming good. Verstappen again, flying up the field. But there was just cars everywhere. It was It was chaos, wasn't it?
1: Very frantic, but very, very good. I mean, we haven't had a... I was expecting to see an accident on the first lap by now this season but we haven't seen any yet really of anything to note apart from a little ding here and there but brilliant absolutely brilliant uh, Hamilton couldn't quite beat Vettel into the first corner so Vettel came out second after the first corner chasing down Bottas and he was right on Bottas's gearbox as well it wasn't like but another thing that I really enjoyed the fact is, you had the top six five or six cars mm. all within two three seconds of each other for the you know, the, at least the first stint. Yeah Until obviously the pit stops broke them all up. They were li- they were on each other's tail, mm. chasing each other, trading lap times, all in DRS range. So they're all chasing each other down the straights. And you say there's a few times where I got quite close to Bottas and Bottas. I didn't think Bottas looked too comfortable, and I don't think he was comfortable um, from what I've read and what I could hear on the radio. Um, He was struggling. I don't know whether there's a pressure or he was driving slightly too, because he was very defensive from the off, Hmm. but a brilliant opening lap, and it just led to a fantastic race.
0: Yeah, I mean, he seemed to struggle with the tires. I mean, there was that came over the radio that his rear pressures were very high. Whether that was something that had happened before the race or that was just him as he was driving, um, the, the tire pressures were increasing. Um, uh, but he seemed to struggle with the rear grip. He seemed to struggle with, with um, with the tire pressures, and that paid in the end. I mean, he just couldn't keep on top of it. And at the end, I think, um, he his his lack of seemed to show and whether that was due to just this weekend whether the car just wasn't hooked up for him this weekend or whether it was just him as a driver whether he is going to be in the mould of say a, a Heike Kovalainen or a, a someone like that who who gets put into a fast car but just doesn't have that, that extra kick of talent uh, and what I noted from from this weekend when I, when I spoke to a few people about it is when you look at drivers like Vettel like Hamilton like Verstappen and um, Like um, Alonso, people who've won world titles, people who are world champions are people who you can see who are future world champions. They're very selfish, they're very driven, they're very aggressive uh, and they won't take um, any crap or nonsense from anybody. But Valtteri Bottas just seems a little bit submissive. uh, And he's very... I mean, obviously, I know it's his first first year in the team and he is alongside a three-time world champion. But I think... He needs to get some broader shoulders somewhat. I think he's a little bit too easy to sort of back off and, and let things, and let Lewis sort of take advantage of some situations. He just doesn't seem to have that extra bit of backbone. I, d- I don't know whether that is um, unfair, but that's just what I, as a spectator, have seen. I don't know what your thoughts are on it.
1: No, uh, like I said, I think he. You- from the off I don't know whether he felt under pressure I mean it's literally the first couple of laps and you know the tyres must have been half decent to start the race everyone else was managing fine but he just seemed to be taking the corners in a defensive way straight from the off he didn't seem to be making away uh, you know didn't seem to be getting anywhere didn't seem to be break, you know pulling out a lead of any sort trying to get felt away from DRS range he just seemed really defensive from the off trying to protect his lead <clears throat> which is fine but, you know, the best form of defence is attack. Mm. And yeah, everyone else chasing, he couldn't he couldn't get away. Mm. And I think the pressure got to him. I think he does need to get his elbows out a bit more. And he, he is Mr. Nice Guy at the minute. I mean, he's got his first pole now. That's, that's a boost in confidence. He's beaten Hamilton once on a one-lap qualifying session. Great. He now needs to sort of take that confidence with him into the race and then further on down the season, Russia next. Mm. He, he, hasn't, he hasn't got time to sit there and try and, you know, yes, it is his first time in the team. Hamilton's very confident in the team, he knows everybody, he knows how the team works. Bottas is like a new guys coming, he's still trying to settle down, he's trying to learn his way around the Mercedes way, but he needs to get his head down and crack on. You know, he's only got one year contract, whether that's something the that Mercedes are going to stick with or they might change and, re- you know, extend it later on in the season depending on his progress, but if he leaves it too long, then Hamilton will be the number one choice and they will support him for the rest of the year. That's Especially if it becomes a massive battle between them and Ferrari, mm. they're going to say right, like they already did. Or you know, Hamilton's faster than you. He, he's got a chance to ca- catch and catch and battle. Though Hamilton screwed himself over with the the pit stop. Mm. But yeah, Hamilton's faster than you. He's going. To let him through. And you know, Bottas like yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, he just he just he just let him go. I mean, obviously Bottas was a lot slower than, than Lewis. That was painfully clear. And I yeah. think even if uh, Hamilton had got him, to, I think Hamilton would have overtaken him down the start finish straight anyway. Um, however, he was just very submissive to that, uh, and, and like you say, Toto Wolff doesn't want to do it yet. But he, I think it's already been done. Hamilton is the number one driver there. You know, asking him to move over that just says that he is the number one driver. I can't see how they can support Valtteri Bottas when Hamilton has, you know, finished second twice and has won one of the races. So he's he's the closest to Vettel as it is. Um, I don't see how they can't put Lewis Hamilton as the number one driver now that you know if you're in a sport you've got to be ruthless and this is where ruthlessness comes in and for for the first time in a long time it's actually an easy decision for them you know it's not like they've got Rosberg and Hamilton who were finishing first and second swapping each each race it's an easy decision for Mercedes to make Bottas isn't up there yet Hamilton is the closest he's blatantly the fastest driver he has to be the number one guy
1: right no not so early. Oh, yes, not so not so early. It's only race three. There's 20 races. There's 17 to go. One bad result for Hamilton. Like uh, I think uh, Mercedes had a, a stoppage out on testing today, so the car's not invaluable. Um, had a few stoppages during winter testing, so you know pushing too hard, which they will be to try and keep up with Vettel yeah. uh, and and Raikkonen. Now he says he's on the ball and he's ready to compete with the with with his teammates. So. Ferrari and Mercedes are going to be pushing each other. There's going to be times where the engine is going to give up or part of the car is going to fail. It's inevitable, you know. Mm. In every race this this, so far this year, we've had six or seven cars retire. Yes, a few of them have been from you know silly accidents, etc. But them two are going to, them four are going to be pushing each other, and the car is going to give up at some point. So I'd say race three, race four is too early. Start getting into like the European season, you know, race five, six, seven. You know, coming back from Canada, if after Canada you're coming back to Europe and Bottas is still Mr. Nice guy and just basically finishing ahead of Raikkonen to get the points from Mercedes, then yes, you'd say, right, Lewis is the number one guy. Bottas, you know, take the win if Hamilton's not in the race, but you're going to have to finish behind Hamilton when he's in the race. Hmm. I think it's an easy
0: decision, certainly for Ferrari. Uh, I think Vettel has to be the number one driver now. He's won two of the races. Yes, and, um, and I think Kimi Raikkonen, is, is you know, he's, so, as you said earlier, he's struggled with this car. If he he's gets come out t-
1: and said he struggled, he's struggling with uh, the understeer of the car. Like, basically, he the car's not working how he wants it to work. And I think Ferrari have probably built it more towards Vettel. Hmm. Uh, but Raikkonen says Bahrain was a lot better for him. Uh, Australia and China, he struggled with the performance, uh, getting the car to handle how he liked. So you'd like to say if he's confident that it's working out and he's, he's on top of it now then going forward then he can be a bit more competitive and at least get himself on the podium
0: yes speaking of people who aren't competitive Stoffel van Dorn didn't even start the race for McLaren uh, he didn't make it to the grid uh, his car broke down before it even got a chance to start so his weekend was over sharpish but Fernando Alonso did very very well this weekend Um, had a fantastic drive was fighting along some hilarious radio comments saying he's never had so little power in the car at some points but did some superb overtaking maneuvers on Julian Palmer and Danny Kvyat and those three were swapping places all afternoon it was fantastic to watch but again three laps from the end Fernando Alonso pulls into the garage and it's game over for McLaren Honda Um, I don't think IndyCar can come quick enough for, for Fernando I feel very really sorry for him because he's obviously he, he drove superbly, but he shouldn't be driving superbly for fighting for last place. He should be up at the front, shouldn't he? Come on.
1: Oh, he's a two time world champion. He should be at the front. Like I said last week, I don't think I don't want to see him end his career at somewhere like McLaren. At, at the back. And again, say it's unfortunate for Stoffel. Um, he, I, no, I, I think he's got potential to be a You know, like almost like a Nico Hulkenberg, I see him as not probably not a champion, you know, a champion, Mm. but a very uh, productive and a very good driver. Basically, someone that you can rely on, someone that's going to give you information you need, and you you can rely on as an experienced hand in a few years. But you know, he's coming to McLaren thinking, oh, what an opportunity! And It's not delivering at the minute, and Fernando, again, he's shown that he has, he's still got it in him. He's still got the hunger. He's still got the racecraft. He just hasn't got the car under him to, to perform. And I think I read somewhere this week that he does, he wants to drive next year that will be competitive. Hmm. uh, I.e., he wants to be at the top. He wants to be fighting for podiums. You know, he wants to be up with the Ferraris, Red Bulls, and Mercedes. Hmm. And is there potential for him to take Bottas's place? I don't know. I think that'd still be quite a quite a risk. Mm. Um, I don't know how Lewis and Alonso get on these days, but I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's just unfortunate because it, you know if you had him in the mix now with Vettel, Hamilton, and well, Bottas, Verstappen, and having the Verstappen-Alonso fine at the front of the front of the pack that'd be awesome. He's superb, absolutely
0: superb to see him up there. Let's hope he is um, up there sooner rather than later because we don't want to see him fighting at the back. It's just it's just pathetic, really. Um, but you, you touched there on Nico Hulkenberg so let's also talk about Renault who showed fantastic uh, one lap pace in qualifying uh, but don't seem to have the race pace just yet Julian Palmer qualified 10th and he fell back fairly quickly he, he got swallowed up fairly sharpish Nico Hulkenberg um, I feel sorry I think Nico Hulkenberg is in the same mould of Mark Webber in that the he is a world champion he has the skill to be a world champion he's just never had the package underneath him to to deliver that uh, I don't know why. I mean, I'd like to have seen Nico Hulkenberg go to Mercedes because I think if he was in the Mercedes right now, it'd be a completely different story. I think he's an absolutely fantastic driver, Nico Hulkenberg. Uh, but Renault, if they can get their race pace right, you know, they could be overtaking the Williams and be the fourth, potentially
1: even tr- trying to knock on Red Bull's door, right? They believe they are the, or they believe they have the potential to be the fifth quickest, I think. Mm. From- uh, what they've been saying, uh, whether that's uh, by the end of the season. I, I hope that means by the end of the season they want to be fifth quickest having uh, developed the car. Um, Nico, I do rate him as a driver, but I don't think he's championship. I don't think he'd do any better than Bottas is doing, mm-hmm. me personally. Uh, a bit like Perez. Perez was in the McLaren, but didn't really do anything with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't see them two as very similar. Um Yeah, I don't know. Renault—they've got a long-term plan. They are—they obviously want to be until 2027. That's why they've already designed the cars 2027. Although I think they should be putting efforts into 2017 (laughs) myself. Sure. But um, yeah, Nico Hulkenberg is a good, solid driver to have. He's obviously gone there thinking that, you know, three, four years time, they'll be up there at the top chasing. Then they might well be, and you know, he'll probably prove me wrong, and they'll come out, and Hulkenberg will be on the podium every weekend. Which is which is great. I'd like to see that. That'd be totally different and be I mean, out of the ordinary and something new to shout about and to get interest in the sport. And again, for, you know, the Germans to get behind him and he will only do him favors. But again, I don't. I haven't seen enough from him. And, you know Weber. Weber had a f- Red Bull. We had the same car as Vettel. He just never put it in the right. He just never could could never finish ahead of Vettel. So yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I just think like I say with Stoffel I see Stoffel being the same as Nico you've got Perez It's just they're they're good but they're just not quite good enough and yes you can say they've never been given the right car but you have to show potential to get the right car yeah sure you know what was to say I know I know it was late but if if Nico Hülkenberg hadn't signed for Renault Hmm. before uh, Rosberg had left would have Mercedes taken him I don't think they would
0: yeah, well, we'll never know. We will never know now. We will. Know. I'd like to see yeah, a faster we'll car, though. We'll start to see him a faster car. But um, rumours flying around, going back to Alonso, that Alonso might be driving for Renault next year. It's one of his options for next year. So, who knows if uh, if he thinks that Renault got the package again, he, we could see a return for uh, Alonso to his the team where he won his his world championships. Uh,
1: yes, it's it's a rumour. A very uh, thin room in the minute Don't, uh, Alonso's look he would probably jump to Renault and the McLaren start winning yeah more than
0: likely that probably be the way you know. it goes so yeah it was be, be interesting to have him back in the Renault but anyway we're going to move on um, back to the front of the grid now and talk a little bit more about what happened in the race Lance we'll talk about some of the rookies as well um, but at the front we had that beautiful battle between the top six for quite a while i mean you had both the ferraris both the red bulls both the mercedes all fighting out the front and it was vettel who actually jumped first to try the undercut this time he did the over overcut in australia he did the undercut here in bahrain he was the first to jump and swap those tires out and it worked superbly for him managing to get the pit stop in and still be out in front once everyone else had pitted because mercedes tried to take advantage of the safety car after an absolutely calamitous accident between uh, Lance Stroll and Carlos Sainz I don't know what Carlos Sainz I mean Carlos Sainz had, just had an awful weekend an absolute right off of a weekend I don't know whether it was frustration or what it was but he just ploughed straight into the side of poor Lance Stroll who's yet to finish a race he must be the unluckiest F1 driver ever he's just having a torrid time at the moment
1: yeah, poor, poor boy. I mean, to be honest, I, I came into the season thinking he wouldn't be very productive, wouldn't do anything, wouldn't, you know, he's well out of his depth. But to be honest, he, he's done all right. He, and uh, all three DNFs have been someone else's mistake, you know. Yeah. Last week was Perez. Uh, decided to take a chunk out of him, I think it was. Again, similar situation, cut him up on the inside. Or they just misread each other, you know, but then this one was blatantly Carlos's fault because he, there was no way that Lance Stroll was going to see him coming in from that, that wide of angle into the corner. Yeah. Lance Stroll already set up to take the proper racing line and Carlos thought the door was open when it was never open. So that's unfortunate but he's 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 proved to me that you know he's not letting it get to him and I think so far he's not really shown me that he's inadequate of racing. You know he's pulled off a good qualifying again uh, no he didn't did he that was a race before but yeah 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 he's I'd like to see him finish a race see how he ended up because Massa finished in 6 so Williams has got the potential so if he can finish in the points then I think he's doing well I think you know that, that'll be good for him so hopefully in Russia he can get into the points and finish a race yeah I mean it's,
0: it's so unfortunate Carlos Sainz just steaming up the inside of him there bringing out the safety car Mercedes then decided they were going to stop uh, and change tyres at this point making use of the safety car uh, Bottas was ahead of Hamilton and Hamilton made the stupid decision of deciding to back up Daniel Ricciardo um, and slow him right down and that that was just purely idiotic absolutely idiotic because it cost him um, a chance at winning the race it cost him that 5 second penalty and there was no need to do it because it doesn't matter how much you backed him up Hamilton's not going to get into the box until Bottas has finished anyway so even if he has to wait he's, he's, he's wasting the same amount of time isn't he
1: well, I, th- I think he was actually backing off. Well, one, to slow down Ricardo. Not that it would have made any difference. <coughs> but he, w- he wanted to literally just roll straight into his pit box. He didn't want to have to stack up. Yeah. Seeing Bottas in there, I thought, well, oh, I'll hang back for a little bit. Bottas will get in, get done. gives my guys a bit of time to turn around, and then they can do me straight away. I would have to park up because he knew we'd lose time because, obviously, Ricardo didn't have to. But mm. he's just he's just ruined it for himself. By getting... Anyway... When he slowed down until he got a five second penalty which like you
0: say he could never make that time back up we lost you there I'm just going to ask you to uh, say some stuff again We're going to start that again just because we keep losing you keep
1: dropping well, out I like mine yeah keep dropping out um,
0: it was I mean so yeah I mean I think I think you're right I think he was stopping to so he could just roll straight in but, well, I mean, its he knows the rules. He knows that if he slows down too much, he's going to take a penalty. So it, it was never going to benefit him. It was only And actually, it didn't benefit him anyway, because Daniel Ricciardo managed to get out before him anyway. Um, so it was a complete waste of time. Um, and actually, whereas it ruined his race, it actually made a better race for us, to be fair. So in a way, it swings and roundabouts, bad decision for him, great decision for us.
1: Yeah, he he, he he tried to be clever with it and he it, it bit him in the arse in the end because, he, like I say, he wasted time going in by slowing down and then he wasted time by getting the five-second penalty afterwards. So he's lost a chunk of time that he could have been on the back of Vettel fighting for the win. Um, yeah. I think Ferrari made a great decision. They were, they were given a lot of criticism last year for not making the right strategy calls and it lost them a few races. But so far this year, the first three races, they've been on point and they've delivered. So you yeah. know Ferrari, they've got Jock Clear on board full, you know he came on last season uh, halfway through uh, so they have had a bit of change around with personnel they have got Jock Clear as obviously ex-Mercedes one they've got a faster car and two the, the strategy calls have been a lot better strategy calls have been been
0: perfect for them this year um, from the Red Bull side so Danny Ricciardo had a, had a great stop got out on the soft tyres got out ahead of uh, both hamilton and raikkonen uh but for max verstappen this happened just before the safety car he changed his tires after asking uh, to do the same as vettel get that early stop in to try and uh, get past the mercedes came out and had a brake failure and smashed it into the wall so it would have been great to see him as part of this race because I think he would have really thrown the cat amongst the pigeons there and, and, and mixed up the result even more. We could have had another one where we have a Ferrari, Mercedes and a Red Bull on the on the, on the the podium, but it wasn't to be this time.
1: No, it's a shame, really, because as soon as I saw him in the wall, I thought oh, I thought he'd made a mistake, but seeing me play, it was a brake failure, as confirmed. But I, It was a great race anyway, but to have, to have had Verstappen in amongst it would have made it an absolute... Fantastic, brilliant race because it, it was that it was that was that third, fourth person that was in there to cause problems for the Ferraris and Mercedes. It would have played a bit more into the strategy calls and everything. And I think he probably would have finished ahead of Bottas because he, he was on it. He, he wanted to do. Wait, well, he, he wants to win, and you can tell he's got that. Because I can see him as a future champion, whether it be a Red Bull or someone else. Yeah. But it does make the race interesting. He's got the bit between his teeth, and no matter where he is on the grid. Or in the pack he's just fight 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 and he, he, he that's what i want to say i want to see more of that so yeah it was a, it was a shame to lose him because he would have added to a great race he would have indeed it's a shame to have
0: to have lost him and then we had the safety car restart and daniel ricardo starting on those uh, soft tires just went backwards he obviously could not get them heated up uh, and he just disappeared uh, back in the pack getting swallowed up fairly quickly uh, by hamilton and Raikkonen. and then vettel just scampered off into the distance he was gone Uh, Hamilton was told that he had that five second penalty so obviously he had that on his mind he had to battle through to get past Bottas Bottas eventually letting him go Raikkonen complaining of a few issues but was was settled in in fourth place I think the the main driver of the day uh, not the driver of the day but the main driver that stood out to me outside of those front six was Felipe Massa the old boy coming back out of retirement who was really amongst it making him you know, like he has done throughout his career, making it very difficult to pass him, uh, and uh, slowing a few people up just by being a bit of a nuisance in the Williams,
1: but getting good points for them. Yeah, he finished sixth um, behind the big, uh, the big, big players. Um, yeah, so it's showing that hopefully Williams have got a better package this year and they can progress that and maybe getting amongst it with the Red Bulls. Probably not as much as the Ferraris and the Mercedes, but if Red Bulls are having a, a bit of a slower weekend then. I mean, he's only, what was it, 14, 15 seconds behind Ricardo, so yeah. everybody needs to get up there. Fox India, that are quite close as well. And Haas on a good day can be quite a bit of a a problem for them. So yeah, Haas has come out of retirement and he's doing better than he was last season, a lot better. So I think he's, he's probably come back refreshed and re-energised and re-motivated and hopefully Lance Stroll can come up and give him some support in the next few races.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've got quite a nice tight group in the middle there. You mentioned Williams, of course, Force India as well. Haas, Renault, all those cars and they are very, very tight together. A lot of fighting throughout the field. Great to see. And I want to pick up on one of the Force India drivers who has quietly just gone about his business, not singing or shouting too much, not making too much noise, but Esteban Ocon, I think he has been the rookie of the season so far just purely because he's been consistently quick and scoring points in every single race making sure that Force India makes it to the finish because really that's the main thing you've got to do is is get the car to the end and he's done that in every single race and he's driven superbly I mean obviously he had that fantastic overtake in Australia where they got three abreast with Alonso and Hulkenberg and he's just proved a very solid young man
1: yeah, the Forsinger picked him up for the for the right reasons. They they know what they wanted. They picked him over Pascal. Uh, but I think Pascal's got a, a different route to take um in the future. I think he I think he's destined for something maybe bigger and better. But Ocon, uh worked with him. I wasn't on his car last year, but obviously spoke to him and that and you know, he he's a he's a good young he's nice young lad. He he's there to be competitive, he's a he's Probably outdone a few times by Verline last year in qualifying and that, but I saw them two well, sort of battling on the track. Obviously, in the new cars now, the Sauber and the and the Force India of Ocon. I thought, oh, them two better not come together because I, I don't think they got on best. I think there was a bit of a there was a rivalry there at Manor, mm. as you probably tell from like the races of Abu Dhabi last year and that, but. Um, yeah, you know, forcing you to know what they've got. They picked him up because he is more consistent and he's he's not, he's better to get on with apparently. So I've heard, um, and he's proven that. He, you know, he's just as good as Perez. He's he's in the points. He's got his head down. He's got on well with the car. He's settled straight in. Mm. It's a fair play to him. Uh, you know, it, I think he's still partly a Renault driver as well, being mm. French. So whether this is another step of stone for him to take on a Renault seat in the future, maybe, I don't know. But he's doing fantastically well for Cindy, and they must be over the moon with his performance.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Here, here. So the race then continued, obviously, throughout. Vettel just very solid up front, hitting in those lap times, getting, getting further and further away. Then Hamilton was let loose by Bottas, and he was just going to hunt him down. And those last few laps, last 10 laps where he was just on the hunt... And then we had the back markers come into play. Um, a lot of people calling for blue flags to be scrapped. Um, would would that have changed the the outcome? Do you, reckon if, do you reckon if there was no blue flags, do you reckon that Hamilton would have caused him? Do you reckon we would have had a tighter race or do you think
1: the blue flags are as a necessity? Um, I can see, I see why blue flags are in there. Um, mm. As Martin Brundle's mentioned many times on Sky, it was because a certain race was ruined because of no blue flags. Mm. But... When a, race is, when a race is getting to a point where you think, well, this is going to be, you know, the last 10 laps are going to be awesome and then the back markers start coming to play and obviously the back markers, especially this season, there's like two or three cars battling it out for the last points position. So they've got their own little race to get on with and you want to see that fight, but then obviously the, the front runners have got to get past that. I think, yes, it would be exciting to see the front runners try and battle through that, but it would also... I think it's 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 causes too many problems. It 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 would work in some respects, it would not work in others. I don't think because Vettel would have obviously got held up by uh, the backmarkers, but then Hamilton's also got to get held up by the back markers. Yes, you probably got could have gotten to the back of Vettel yeah. and you probably could have had four or five cars racing each other, one will have their own you know, three got their own race, and then you've got Hamilton and Vettel with their own race trying to get past each other three. So it could have been really exciting, but it also could have Vettel could have got through really easy, then Hamilton could have been held up. So it's 50 50 it's there for a reason you know why it's there and, and sometimes you think oh just get rid of it for this this race and let them get on with it but i yeah. think yeah it, it, it might have changed it but it might have made
0: it worse yeah you, you <coughs> never know you never know i think no. i think the system we've got now works um i just think if you just got to think if hamilton hadn't had that five second penalty which he took on the on his uh, his last pit stop he would have been up there yeah. and he would have had the chance to, to if, fight him. But then
1: if Verstappen had come out of the race, then you probably could have had Hamilton versus Verstappen for that second, third position. So, uh, Things happen for a reason. They play out how they do and then you, you're left with what you've got, the pieces that are left, and you, the race ha- obviously comes out of that. But to change the rules to make the race... I don't think the blue flag thing is going to make anything better in the race in terms...
0: No, but juicy prospects, juicy prospects going forward. We've got a lot of fast drivers on the grid this year. Cars are close together. We've got some great racing coming up. But let's look back at the Bahrain Grand Prix. The result, the final result. Then Vettel obviously taking the win. Uh, Lewis Hamilton second, and he also got the fastest lap of the day. Not surprisingly, when he was hunting down Vettel, Bottas eventually finishing third after starting uh, pole. He just had struggled all week. He struggled uh, throughout the race uh, and finished third. Kimi Raikkonen picking up the fourth place again for Ferrari. Ricciardo getting the fifth. Massa sixth, Sergio Perez seventh, eighth for Grosjean, Hulkenberg 9th and Esteban Ocon again picking up that tenth position, meaning Force India have scored both cars in every single race so far this season. Great result for them. And we have Verline who did well in the Sauber in his first race of the season in eleventh, Kvyat uh, in twelfth with Palmer finishing last in thirteenth. And it was Kvyat, Palmer, and Alonso who were fighting all afternoon. Uh, fantastic little scrap at the back there, Alonso was the last person to retire, then we had Ericsson retire in the uh, Sauber, Carlos Sainz and obviously Lance Stroll, they came together, Max Verstappen had the brake failure, then we had Kevin Magnussen, he uh, had a technical issue, he stopped uh, on lap eight and then Stoffer van Dool didn't even start. So not a great, uh, great weekend for McLaren. So let's look at the drivers standings then so far. So Sebastian Vettel is top with 68 points, Lewis Hamilton now only seven points behind in second with 61. Bottas in third with 38, already getting quite adrift there. So that's, what, 30 points away from Sebastian Vettel. Kimi Raikkonen is fourth with 34 points. Then Verstappen in fifth. Ricardo in sixth. Massa seventh. Perez eighth. Sainz in ninth. And Roman Grosjean is in tenth. So that's the top ten. Then we look at the Drivers' Championship. Ferrari, top of the bill there uh, with... Um, how many points where are we looking here let me look i want to get the uh,
1: ferrari 102
0: ferrari 102 yeah well why can't i why am i looking at the wrong screen here what's going on here seal teams there we go so ferrari top mercedes a second then red bull in third force india are in fourth place very nice for them williams in fifth toro rosso sixth Haas seventh renault sauber mclaren there we go so that is the results there i didn't do too badly in my Fantasy GP. I think I got quite a few correct. I got 118 points in the end. Um, I um, didn't do as well as I did in China, but my drivers did quite well. I got um, my drivers are Vettel, Bottas, and um, no they're not. That's not true at all. My drivers are Vettel, Hülkenberg and Verstappen. So Verstappen obviously didn't finish, but Hülkenberg and Vettel did very well for me. Um, So I was pretty happy with my Fantasy GP this weekend. Our next race (laughs) is in Russia. Not this weekend, but next weekend. So we've got another great race, and the Russian Grand Prix is um, it's okay. It's been a bit hit and miss, hasn't it? We've seen some good races there, but we've also seen some some parades with a bit of uh, a bit of driver, a bit car spread. So hopefully, we'll see um, we'll see another tight race in in Sochi in uh, a couple of weeks' time.
1: Yes, like I say, it's not it's not probably the best by far on the on the circuit uh, on the Canada but these new cars, it could it could bring up some surprises um, as long as you get a good battle, a good race like we've had the last couple of races and I'm happy if, it, if, it, if the track can bring out the, the best in these cars and I'm all for it but the last few week, years have not it's not been the best but you know, things can change, these cars could bring out something different in the track so well, we can speak about that next week and hopefully we get some uh, some great action again
0: Yes, indeed. So we'll do our look ahead to the Grand Prix in Russia next week. Follow us on Twitter at Five Lights Pod to find out when that is going to be. Probably be next Wednesday, let's be honest, but uh, we'll keep you up to date as to when that will be. But thank you very much for listening to this look back to the Bahrain Grand Prix. What a race it was! We've got a fantastic season on our hands, and let's hope these close battles continue throughout the rest of the year. We'll see you next week as we look ahead to the race in Sochi. Have a fabulous week, guys, and we'll see you later. Thanks very much.